Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you're and however and what time you're watching this. <clears throat> so the title of this evening's Dharma talk is Blaming Covers the Truth or Truth. Blaming, blaming covers truth. Even though, relatively, we're going to see who caused this, who caused that, what caused this. Usually it's blaming someone. Sometimes it's blaming this person. And so the, the idea that the relativity of it is relatively quite often accurate in some way, in some minimal way, maybe, maybe quite a bit of it is uh, very accurate, but it is, it is in the service of what? Of control, of ego, whether it's the, whether it's the ego of the individual or the, the overwhelming ego of actual dictators or oligarchs instead of the internal oligarch that does not want to not know, does not want to be in a position of just not knowing. And so the ego mind out of hope and fear, hope that we can get control of things and fear that we're going to lose control or somebody might do something that is uh, difficult or obstructive, or whatever. So anytime we blame, it's, it's accurate in some ways. The whole society is structured that way. I'm sure you've noticed. <clears throat> if you break a law, no one comes and asks you about your relationship to that law. It's not situational. It's cut and dried. You broke the law, you go to jail. Well, unless you're one of these oligarchs, and then because of the power of your position, you're able to move things around and intimidate people and make it so that even though you actually broke the law, pretty hard to get to you. Whereas if you have a lot of handicaps, which we, should we call social handicaps, like maybe wrong skin color, then you don't even, have, don't even have to do anything but just show up somewhere and you can get murdered or killed. Where's the blame in that? Where's the blame in any damn thing? You can't really track it down. If you think you can, then go ahead. There's going to be a lot of room for questions in this. So help me. Not yet, but at some point, help me with this. Go in. Don't hesitate, please. Let's talk about this. I'm looking at something that is available to all of you. It's called ordinary mind. Tamogishapa is a Tibetan. It's just ordinary mind. Mind is broken up according to the teachings in the eight consciousness, so the Yogacara form of that and other interpretations into the five sense consciousnesses, the thinking process, this gen generic activity of the mind stream that synchronizes, coordinates everything. Then there's the area of the mind is paranoid, and that shuts down, locks down, and points fingers, and gets the rest of the body-mind complex to do things to protect it. And then there's mind itself, which is sometimes referred to as the alia, alia vijnana or vijnana, which is not a person. Because of the, the nature of society is to try to control even our education system, which I'm uh, quite uh, uh, critical of. It tries to control, get everybody to come out so we can test people, so we can standardize it, because we're too lazy to actually treat each individual person, child, as a singular human being. Instead, we want to make everybody, here's the test, memorize this. Take the test. If you don't have a good memory, if you can't memorize somebody else's formula, not yours. You're not taught how to create a formula out of a problem. Here's the problem. How do you handle it? And give that child the opportunity to actually work with that. No, we, here's the formula for how you want to know how tall that telephone pole is. What is it, the hypotenuse of a right triangle? You look at the shadow and calculate that. That's a formula. But how, how else would, what if you just said, how tall is that? How can you understand how tall that is? 
instead of going the other way around and try to train somebody to all fill in the fill in the the answer with some kind of memorized response. What does that test? It tests memory and the ability to memorize a formula and apply it. And that's not, not that that is not intelligence. Of course it is. Powerful intelligence. The world runs on that kind of intelligence. But we miss all the intelligence. We miss the intelligence of people who think or perceive in a much different way. It's, uh, it's fundamentally disrespect because we can't control them. You know, those who are operating 90% out of their intuition are shut down, shut out, and ignored. And, of course, what happens in the mind stream of someone who is treated that way when they're four or five years old? I don't need to tell you. They're pushed aside. They can't memorize, or they can't. They don't get it right away. They're slower. They're working with all kinds of input that the other kind of... a. Uh, um, so what is it commonly called a left brain? It's just calculating, figuring, analytical, judging, seeing, seeing. They're able to move their emotions to the back seat. So they can set those aside and just process the information. And then time to take a test, they can just take the test and pass it. But how about all these other people, these young people, who are misunderstood because they're not met what? Where they're at. Something I'm saying all the time, meet everything where it's at. If you benefit from these teachings, then go to the donate page when this is over with. Help us. Nothing's being charged, but help us. Help us. We need help. If you want me to continue to, to do this, however much longer I have left, help us. And if you don't help us, I won't blame you. But help, help us. Help us. Consider it. Consider that. Go to the donate page and, and thank you in advance. Any kind of judgment, even though it's relatively true, is a kind of blame. It's a kind of shutting something down. Uh, another way that I talk about this is don't do anything unless you have to. Don't come to conclusions. If you come to a conclusion, uh, um, watch that conclusion and see if it starts to move in another direction, because it may. It's likely that it will, because everything is dependently arisen, and there's no one situation causing this situation. We would like it that way. We could Then we could plan our life, couldn't we? But plans, as you know, don't work. We plan anyway, and we should, because we need something to know whether we're going north, east, south, west, which way are we going? We're, well, we're going to go north. But as we go north, we might have to go off this way a little ways and then come back into that. And that kind of information, information will show up by watching what's showing up. Well, no, we might have to modify that somewhat. Part of my... I'm going to call it inspiration for talking about blame is how incredibly complicated, dangerous, and and um, I was going to say useless, but it's just it, it it isn't useless because it does cover up the consciousness that can't stand to not know, and it will jump to something. It'll blame something rather than looking at a situation. And seeing, looking deeply into that, before the blame comes up, the spontaneous, almost knee-jerk of who did, who's, who's at fault for this, like they're doing with the, the shooting in Texas, trying to find out who's, who's to blame. We've got to pin this on somebody. And, it's, and the, the, the arrows and pointers are going every, every which way from any kind of political side of the tracks, whatever, however you want to say it. Everybody's blaming somebody else. And, of course, they're calling that 18-year-old shooter uh, a, a demon. Uh, that's a good way to cover everything up. Let's call him a demon. And let's, let's just blame the, the people with the, who sold the AK-47. Okay, well, yeah, there's something, that's, there's something there. That is part of it. And it might help to stop doing that, of course. But let's take care of that. That's a good idea. If it's possible, politically, I don't know. But the fundamental situation is the person who who turned into uh, what is commonly called a monster. They are not a monster. They're, that person is a human being. And they had no help. They had no help from the society. They had no help from the school. And and he, he was suffering deeply. How do I know? I don't know. Looks like it. If he would go to that lengths to somehow cover up, blame his suffering on 
on the on weak people and why that's the way he covered up his own weakness, uh, his perception of himself as being weak and useless. So he had to go out and show. Is that what happened? I don't know. But it's a, it is a misunderstanding to jump to conclusions or blame or anything about anything, any situation like that. Really hard not to do that. I'm not, I'm not letting him off the proverbial hook. Of course not. But if you, if you know what, you probably know as little as I do, which isn't much. But what did he do to make sure he could carry that out? Because besides writing on his notes on the top of his desk that says, said, what was it? Please help me. Wasn't that one of them? In the midst of all kinds of other uh, violent paraphernalia was on there. And there's nobody there to help him. Who's to blame for that? Well, I can take a few shots here. The society, um, uh, that's one. Um, his grandma, his mom, of course not. They're in their own trap of, of uh, convention and possibly even uh, controlling kinds of religious, religious activity. Not wrong. Not here for the right and wrong is not the point. The point is, how can we work with this fundamentally where it starts at? And where does it start? In your mind. It's in your mind. Everyone, everyone here that's listening to me, you're responsible for this. Not from the point of view of the responsible of causation. That's a different kind of, that's blaming. This caused that, caused that, caused that. This is the way our legal system works. Or actually fails. Might be a better way of saying it. And people are making money off from this because they have a whole structure. The only way you can get anything done is go through that structure. There's something currently that I have not looked into it too deeply, but know a little bit about it, and that's restorative justice, which is another way of somebody did something. Let's get together and see what we how we can fundamentally address this. I think there's some good things showing up in that uh, area of society and culture and uh, legal situations. But this, uh, this young man who was demonized is a horrible, no doubt about what he did, is horrible, but he were looking for some kind of thing, a way of stopping him doing that rather than actually looking into how, how does uh, an 18-year-old son, uh, a son of a father and a mother and a grandson of a grandmother turn into that kind of activity without us seeing it ahead of time somehow, or perhaps perhaps even addressing his intense suffering. You don't do something like that unless you're, you really have, you've got to have horrible things going through your mind to go out and do something like that, that that's the only thing that will cover it up. And what did he do? He, in order to make sure he couldn't go backwards, he had to do something really horrible right away. Right away. i got to do it right away. I've got to do it right away because I'm, I'm so... I'm so upset. I'm so, I'm so, I'm so, I'm just going to shoot my grandmother. So that way, okay, now he's done something really, really horrible and he can't back up. So now he has to go and finish the job and go in and just murder people. Horrible. Yes. Deep suffering for the children. Deep suffering for him, which he was just covering it up. He is strong. He is not a weakling. He just killed all the weaklings. Tiny children that are totally helpless. Is anyone looking looking at this at all? Not letting him off the hook for this. But be very careful when you blame anybody for anything because you are not responsible directly for the shape of your ears. You did not go look in the mirror. Let's start with something very simple that is here, is solid, is 100% physical evidence of the shape of your ear. Or take it to any other dynamic that's happening with you as an apparent personhood. You're you're not fundamentally responsible. When I say you didn't cause that ear, now sometimes people come along and have their ears pinned back, or they have uh, their uh, sexual orientation changed. That's up to you. If you need to do that, go ahead. You can do a little bit, but you can't fundamentally be somebody else. And I recommend. If you have any interest in, you should just be who you are. Don't don't improve. 
Because if you try to improve, then quite often improving is a cover-up of what you should be looking at and be responsible for. That's the only gateway, as far as I see, as a Buddhist monk, studying a tradition with my uh, incredible teachers and my incredible Sangha. Again, to go back through that, I'm not saying he's not responsible and shouldn't be taken off the street, say he lived through it, which he didn't. If he, had, if he had lived through it, like I think the fellow person who did this in Boston, I understand that he lived through that. Buffalo. Or Buffalo, I mean. And then the news is really careful not to not to say too much about him because we didn't want to give him to get too much press. Okay. But uh, I don't think that's the situation, uh, trying to get some kind of notice. Maybe. But we're not really looking at the the uh, the enculturation, the culturation that causes the insanity, that advances the insanity. When, when someone is a young person and is raised in a culture like we have, where it's not only all the guns, but just the legalization of of, uh, of murder, sometimes called warfare, even something called war crimes. Wouldn't you say that all wars are crimes? Don't misunderstand. I'm not saying that if uh, Hitler starts to march on Sudetenland or Poland or, or starts to bomb England, we shouldn't do something about it. We probably should have done something a lot earlier than that. And then you wouldn't have a war. Just like it's happening right now. I'm not going to get too much into the politics here, but it has to be, what's the word? It has to be, it has to be stopped as soon as you see what it is. You don't wait and give it a chance to fix itself. Or it's not going to listen to reason. The other thing I would say about all of the things that happen like this, not only the, 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 all the <laughs> wars and things that are going on and people murdering each other and, People joining groups that are against this group that thinks there should be a revolution and we should kick everybody out and uh, empower somebody who was in a while back who was a incredibly insane narcissist. And, and when you meet someone, maybe there's someone here that feels this way, but if you meet someone that, that thinks that that person should be, that they lost the election, they should get back in. It's just kind of mind-blowing to see that. There are people that do that, but that shows you the nature of dependent origination. It does not, you can take this wherever you want. I'm happy to respond to a question. It does not play favorites. It is impersonal. So anything that is arising, I'm going to say it several times. Anything that rises up, I don't care how beautiful, wonderful, radiant, kind, good, and anything that rises as horrible, evil, demon-like, and is after you, they're dependently arisen. There is no good and evil. It's a big misunderstanding. If you want to go that direction, then everything is basically good. My teacher, Chongpa Rinpoche, used that term. Everything is basic goodness, tatagata garba. Realize it. So look at the blame. If you find yourself blaming, don't necessarily try to stop that and, and, and lecture yourself. I shouldn't blame. No. Don't go that way. Don't try to perfect yourself and get yourself relatively to, to be some kind of ideal non-blaming person. Someone, who, someone who's actually getting a credential, which is more ego. No, look at the blame. Have a, have a willingness to be the crap you're trying to get rid of. Have a willingness to be an angry person that can't ever stop being pissed, pissed off at everything and everybody. If you do that, if you actually relax into the dynamic of passion, aggression, ignorance, then the wisdom mind has a, has a chance, a possibility of seeing deeply into that nature. Your wisdom mind is no longer closed off by you ramping up after some kind of credential or some kind of control, trying to find the off switch to your negativity. There isn't one. Just receive. If it shows up in your mind stream, I don't care how horrible it is, you have it coming. Even this person who did everything he did had that coming. That em emotion is coming, but there wasn't any option for it other than to kill himself. And he probably came very close to that before he just decided to take it out on the world around him, which, of course, ended his own death, too. But that 
but sealed away so he couldn't go backwards as shooting his grandmother. That stopped it. He could not go back from there. You could reflect on that a little bit. I know I will. And, of course, it's different with each crime or each thing that happens, all of the things that happen. People are addressing this from the point of view of gun control, which is it should be done. I mean, that's that's kind of obvious. So you shouldn't. Some of you can't even buy a beer, uh, can buy an AK-47 uh, war machine. Buy it without any anything, background checks. Right? Buy thousands of rounds of ammunition because the person behind the counter wants to make money. So are, why aren't we hearing from who sold him that? You ever wonder why we don't know who? Occasionally we do. Somebody will rattle that cage. And that person is not to blame. They're part of the whole system of cover-ups, of cover, of pulling, pulling the wool over everything and trying to make sure we're in control. Politics, politics. So the very best thing you can do, and I'm very biased here, is not go out and do this or that, although you could consider what, what, where your vote is going to go if you're participating in this uh, so-called democratic society. could consider that. But the most important thing you consider, you can consider is find that, find that in your own mind. Find, unload the gun that's here. You can find it. I'm paraphrasing co the poet Kabir, who said, "How if, if in, in your heart you have a loaded gun, how can you have God? Unload that, and you can't unload it unless you first see the negativity looking for who caused it, looking for an off switch. If it's looking for an off switch, we're right back to self-centeredness and ego, trying to be somebody else. And the elseness or the beingness doesn't work. And why doesn't it work? Because there isn't fundamentally a person. The very idea of a person is an illusion. So therefore, we have to watch dependent origination clearly so we begin to understand that that which arises has no singularity. It, it, it is dependent on everything else for its apparent appearance as something, someone, some place. can take a few questions if there are some. Since you, Balian, recently talking about this most recent shooting, someone said to me that we, we are allowing this to happen, referring to all the shootings that are happening. And that comment um, left me speechless, and I wonder um, what does the idea of taking responsibility, being, being responsible, how does that idea work with kind of what felt like blame or somewhere to point? So my definition of responsibility is quite a bit different than Maybe others, if you're responsible, that means you're, you're to, to blame or your thing goes wrong. You're, the, you're responsible for it because it's your deal, your business, your car that you loaned out your whatever. So my idea of responsibility is uh, you respond to everything. Everything is yours. Everything is yours. That doesn't mean that if something happens down the street, that it is your fault. But you're responsible for that. If you if you have that kind of an attitude, then every time you come in contact with anything, you take uh, an interest in it uh, in a sincere way. As, you know, it's as if, what can I do to help in this situation? Fundamentally help, not blame, not find out who's to blame or who's wrong. And I don't know who said that or what the what their what the whole dynamic was. That all they said because that's a pretty strong statement without anything to uh, flesh it out more said about how collectively we're not fighting this. That was the direction. We're not fighting it? Yeah. Oh yeah, like that would help? No more war. Can't, can't, you can't, the war on drugs, how successful is that? The war on crime, the war, the war, the war, the war. Even my teacher, Trungpa Rinpoche, tried to talk about people as being warriors. 
I don't use that. I don't know if that, that I mean, metaphorically, I can see how it works in the, the code, the Japanese code of Bushido, or ancient times when things were different. I don't think we need to do that. We don't need to do have the warrior image. I'd rather use a farmer image. Rather than something where you go to war, you kill something, you take something out. So I, is there more about that? What did you do? Did you just listen? Did you listen and you were confused? Senshi bowing, what stuck out to me was the comment that we are allowing this to happen. Are we? I know. But it would depend on if that person said that to me. I probably wouldn't respond too much. I would see if they had any interest at all in what, what I thought about, which is unlikely if they're actually telling you what happened. We are, you know, we are... But of course, I'm doing the same thing. I have the bully pulpit here, and I'm a bully when it comes to the Dharma. That being said, there's something there. I would have to interact with the person, with the person a little bit more by asking. I would ask. So, how how would you characterize that we're allowing? How, how where are you getting that from? Not that you couldn't come up with all kinds of things. And then, then you might even ask them, say, well, what, if, you, if you had uh, control over everything, what would you propose we do? And people will usually that are making that kind of a statement will say, well, we could do this and this and this, or we could, you know, like in the 1950s, uh, the atomic war, you would uh, uh, go into the seats and uh, cover up. You know, if there was an atomic war, then so they were doing something about it. Children were hiding under their desks. Well, it would be interesting to see if if they had some kind of solution for uh, the person. I mean, if it would be just be removing all the guns, which, which would probably cut back on the amount of people being killed, of course. And since it's always about statistics, have you haven't noticed? More? Further questions? Don't let me, let me get away with this. Let me get me. You were talking about the trunk by using warrior images. Yes. How, when the lineage uses protectors and it almost invokes that kind of um, yes, it wrath, does. Uh, how, how is that working with that war um, idea? It's just a traditional way of working with uh, passion, aggression, and ignorance that shows up in so many different ways in our mind stream. That when we talk about we're talking about the uh, the four karmas of pacify, we start with pacifying, which is settle things down. We start with that, enrich, you know, enter that area of difficulty, and uh, and uh, it's like uh, back burning when you got a forest, you burn a bunch of material in front so the fire can't get any further. You very you use the energy that's coming towards you to prevent it from going any further. Would be a good example of enriching. There are others. Magnetizing, maybe it's gone too far. Maybe you need to, uh, things have gone too far. You almost need to join the negativity in some way. And, you know, we could make up some stories about how that might work. The negativity is there. You see it's it's not going to be pacified. Enriching is too, too far along for enriching. So maybe you can go in and spout off a little bit and see if you can get the energy to change. Or maybe there's a sense of humor in there that, that is being missed. But magnetizing, in other words, Drawing in or joining uh, could be done either way. You're magnetized, they're magnetized. Speaking of a particular individual you're dealing with, lots of variety of things that could be done or not done. And of course, the last one is destroying. And that doesn't mean taking out taking out your katana and taking your head off. It could be it just mean snip, break the connection, walk away from them. It could be any kind of of ending, or but it doesn't have to be the destructive kind. It could come out of your your intuition, your prajna. So you, you actually see the thing. The only thing that's going to work next is just to walk away from this person or this situation. I'm just giving you an example of several that don't involve hitting someone or murdering them more. Um, so, so in the case you're bringing up about the shooting, is there a way that that fourth karma could have been used that wasn't um, just another layer of war on it? Uh, what, what 
what part of it, you know, you mean his grandmother doing that or something? I mean, pacifying could help, but might help, but uh, the way it's, I'm not that familiar with it, but when a, if a counselor or someone who's a, meets the counselors that I know saw the, the signs of what this person was doing, the kind of drawings they were making and the kind of writings they were making, it would bring this person in to talk about them. But then the other situation with the one person, what was it their mother and father bought them the very rifle they used to kill people with. So the, it might be too late in that. It might be too far. Uh, the, the violence and the, the ignorance have gone too far. More? I feel like it came up with Senshu's question where um, you brought up like the war on drugs and it's, yeah. it seems like a misunderstanding of that. Uh, is um, that destruction different than like that fourth karma different than a war on something? I mean drugs? I, I guess, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, for instance, the war on drugs is, what is that really about? I mean, why we have drugs everywhere and we have to get somebody's permission to use, to use a drug, and yet the very people who are giving us permission don't agree with each other. All over the place, there's intense disagreement between this doctor and that doctor and this person. There's all this disagreement, and very little allowing someone to actually put in their body whatever they want to do. It's there, insofar as there's any kind of ownership at all, you wouldn't say that your body belongs to anybody other than yourself, you, but the, but the Law wants to come in, the government wants to come in and control everything. Not a good idea. And it, it's, that's just one part of it. It's all over the place. I didn't even answer your question. That's all you have to say. You didn't notice I didn't answer your question. It, it just made me feel like I didn't ask it clearly. So, well, so you blamed yourself for that? Just don't blame me. Junshi Bali, when we see that we're blaming, yes, can we see at the same time the truth that we're covering up with the blame? Perhaps with practice. But you might not be able to stop the kind of knee jerk. Sometimes something happens and, and you, you, you can't, you can't, you see it coming and you just can't stop it. It just comes out and you just are upset and pissed off or whatever about a particular situation you're blaming you know, without any investigation at all, particularly. Or what little you've done just doesn't result in the answers you wanted and don't seem to be kind of weak, any number of things. And so just observe that. Don't necessarily change it or try to put it in reverse. That way, and I don't think you can do this unless you're a meditator, unless you're someone who is endeavoring to try the try, to train the very, shall we call it, apparatus that actually does the thinking, the evaluating, the judging, the condemning, the accepting, the pushing, the pulling, the passion, aggression, ignorance, hope, and fear has to be looked at. And this is why we sit and face the wall. Munyo? Munyo Bowen, I was thinking in terms of uh, the recent pandemic and how um, it was advised that we become vaccinated, but there was a lot of, there's still a lot of warfare surrounding that. Is there some kind of a guideline then that can be employed that could help us be responsible for uh, helping others not become sick or something? I don't know, it's so complicated. As you know, we've been through the whole pandemic thing. It's so sometimes we hear from really, really intelligent people that we used to really respect and even admire and hear them going another way with it and saying, this is all baloney. You don't need any vaccine vaccination at all. And then we have the, the state, shall we say, or the Dr. Fauci, I guess, if you want to pick somebody who gets blamed and has had his life threatened. That's astonishing. Just like uh, um, Dr. Mark, I don't know if he's on here tonight, but Mark, uh, Mark um, Hirsch, 
uh, has, like he says, and I'm paraphrasing him, says, seen four, this is the fourth pandemic he's seen, lives through as a doctor for in the last 50 years or whatever. And he's never seen some a situation where where so many people are just divided about and, and just are seem to be operating against their own health or their own welfare. You see, it's hard for him to believe that people don't at least give the medical profession the benefit of the doubt. But then you've got on the other side, you've got people saying, look at all the money that Pfizer uh, or just Pfizer has a tremendous amount of money. And uh, my understanding is using uh, government funds or using our money to make a lot of money. And they've made billions, and yet they won't help people in foreign countries uh, by just, just turning over the oh, – yeah, all they want is to turn over the formula to them so they can make it themselves. They won't do it. Greed, intense greed. And it's at the, what, corporate level everywhere all the time. It's about control. And it starts in first grade, if not kindergarten. Controlling, controlling. We don't want individuals. We want followers in the society. We want voters. What is the intense emotion that seems to arise whenever we pick any one of these issues? And for me, it, it ends up in feeling so helpless. It's, it's like, where, what do I pick to uh, be responsible? How can I best be responsible? For what? For whether it's the, uh, the pandemic or the young man that killed those 19 children and two teachers, uh, the person in Buffalo that killed all those people. So one is don't... Is- Receive what's coming to you from the world, whether it's coming on, on Zoom or on CNN or uh, whatever, wherever it's coming from, or from your own community, society. Receive that and uh, train your mind so that that which is receiving any of this information is not a mind that is com- completely ensnared by a self that thinks in terms of right and wrong, and I need to be protected, and I'm this, I'm that, all, all this intense narcissism and self-centeredness that just just the very grasping in itself covers up what this is because it looks like other and there is no other. This is a transcendent, transcendental statement that can't be proved. And if you prove, then it's just relatively true. But it's, if it's ultimate, ultimately true, has to be seen by your consciousness. Have you ever noticed that you really can't find your consciousness? You, you find traces that there must be consciousness somewhere because you can see things, all things. But if you uh, take out your eyes, is the, is, the conscious, is the seeing consciousness gone? If you take out your nose, is that gone? You take out your mind, is that gone? I wouldn't have jumped to too, com- too many conclusions there. So the most important thing you can do is receive, CCC, communicate, cooperate, collaborate, with a lot of emphasis on the listening communi- part of the communication. Listen. Listen to what's happening. Receive what's happening. And then before we jump into some kind of a fix for it or a change or shutting it down, let's look and see what it is. Fundamentally, the same thing with your own mind stream that is difficult in some area. Get to know yourself. Fundamentally. Because if if you do not, and you continue to think you are a particular person in a particular time and place in a particular body, then this is you. You have a rough time ahead of you. Not just in this life. Who you are does not come to an end. The body does, but you are not, you're not coming to an end. It can barely be called an, a journey because it doesn't, it doesn't end. Further questions? When you say get to know yourself, are you saying get to know how you cover up uh, what is being received? Then? Yes, just watch your cover-ups. You cover up with your intellect. Am I correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. So you have a lot of emotional dynamics going on 
for sure. But if anything gets touchy or difficult or bumpy or something, you can actually put your thinking process on top of it and satisfy yourself enough so you don't have to fundamentally look down in the core. You don't have to look down where it's dark because that's sensitive. Interviewing, how do we relax into being, I forgot how you characterized it earlier, being pissed off all the time, angry at everything? That's it. That's a good explanation. Because what continues the irritation or the aggravation that what is around you uh, is trying to stop it, trying to explain it, trying to slow it down, trying to manipulate it or anything. Just feel what arises in the mind stream. At the risk of being misunderstood altogether, this is love. If you can't actually love what this is, no matter what it is, if you can't, I'm not talking about some kind of silly affection for a stuffed toy. I'm not talking about that. I'm still talking about fundamental understanding that arises in your own mind stream. If you have, if you have an enemy here, you're going to have enemies out there. So make friends here. That's the way Trunk Rinpoche would say it. And that means looking deeply into your mind stream without stopping it, without supporting it, and without ignoring it. And it takes a while. It's worth the effort to do that. How do we love that aspect when we are ashamed of it? Look at the hate. The only way you're going to discover, find love is to look at the hatred because that's what's stopping it. And then there's shame. Uh, and then you see how you're that way and then you get ashamed. This is what happens with the people that have a polarity between pride and shame. Some people just hang out in shame all the time. It's easier than dealing with pride. That's way too embarrassing to be all puffed up. And other people are full of themselves, and it's way too painful to drop out of, I know everything, and I know what's happening, and I know what's going on, and nobody seems to know but me. And then to drop down into shame that I might be wrong about some things. So in your situation, just be the shit you're trying to get rid of. That doesn't mean embody that and start puking all over everyone. Doesn't mean doesn't mean take that and throw it on others or blame others. Just be responsible for it. It's yours. It's yours. It's in your mind stream, not the mind stream that is a self-centered mind stream or an ego or an identity, but the mind stream that is, you know, go like this on your hand. That person. That person. All, this, all the, the nerve endings can be reached that way. Just touch, just seeing, just smell, just taste. Very simple, simply. And just thought or just emotion without anything extra. Know who caused it. Anger comes up, just look at the texture of the anger. Chew on it. If it's served to you, you have it coming. Not you, the ego. But you, this matrix that we call uh, Junchu, who came uh, into time and space as a, as a living being and is now uh, collided with the path of the Buddha, or the path of awakened truth. You can do this. Been around for 2,500 years. 15 or 20 people already have realized enlightenment. We make friends with that difficult experience. What happens to the relationship to that experience? It may come or go. The, the negativity may come up, but since you have a relationship to it, which is actually not a relationship about you're over here and that is over there, you're not separate from it. So it's not really a relationship. You are that crap. But if you... More? Now, now I perceive it as a relationship, me having this difficulty. Mm -mm. No, you, you, have to, you have to be that. You are that. You separate out so you have a relationship with it, and then you try to get rid of it. But I'm saying that when it arises, don't do anything with it. Don't accept it. Not good. Then you have an acceptor. 
Don't reject it, then you have a rejector. Don't ignore it, then you have an ignorer. The identity will feed off from any polarity other than just be the negativity. It can be quite disgusting at first. Do it anyway. You can do that. You wouldn't be here listening to this person if you weren't ready to at least consider what I'm saying. I would say, just, just don't get rid of it. It, it will actually, it, it will actually begin. There's no promises, no guarantees, but it eventually loses its energy because it thrives off from polar, the polarity of not wanting it. It thrives off from the polarity of thinking, I have a right to be mad. Or it thrives off in the polarity of just trying to distract yourself so they won't be that mad. Well, I'll just, uh, I'll just go for a run or I'll, I'll run off the energy. Something I would do when I was young is I would get so angry that I just thought I was going to, my top of my head was going to blow off and I'd go out and run as fast as I could. Or not very far because I, I would deliberately go as fast, fast as I could so I could wear myself out. I was so angry. So the energy all went into that. Kind of kept me from creating a bigger mess, but it, it was just a way of diffusing something I really needed to look at. So I finally had to, after meeting uh, my teacher, I talked to him about that, and I was introduced to a way to deal with that, and that was meditate. Sir? Seems like to be the crap you're trying to get rid of is a kind of pulling yourself up by the bootstrap, kind of impossibility like it's the relation with it the relationship with it that creates the difficulty and also prevents or seems to prevent being it so how do we work with that that parent impossibility paradox persist just intend to see it just, just the intention not don't look for results because the way in which that will show up, it could get, if you're actually doing what you need to do, it might get worse. There might be more elements around that that feel worse that you've been shutting out because you just don't want to, you want to deal with it as something to get rid of or something to stop doing rather than see that it is something that is dependently arisen and it has a ticket to ride. It gets to be there. And when the difficult part of it is by actually starting to turn to it and relate to it directly and receive that intensity with no outflows. No throwing rocks, no pointing, no pointing this way to yourself, no pointing that way to any anything else, but just that's why I'm what I'm saying when I say when I say be that, have a, a willingness to do that because there might be layers of intensity that actually get you uh, that keep you from seeing the core of that situation, which is empty. Is being our negativity the same as having a willingness willingness to be our negativity? Intention, yes, you could say that. Just intent when, when difficult things come up in your mind stream, any of you, whatever it may be, it's going to be different each person. Just have the intention to see what that is. See what it is rather than get rid of it or change it into something or interpret. Don't interpret anything. Don't be don't become a psychologist. C.G. Young, Sigmund Freud, Alfred Adler, they all worked on that. didn't work. Now, they wrote really great books, and they're really interesting. And then you can go and pay $150 an hour to see a Jungian psychologist. Not a good idea. They're usually quite crazy. Not, not everyone, but, you know, they're... It takes somebody pretty crazy to go and study that stuff. And they make a lot of money. And all that being said, they might actually help people who need that. They're not ready for a spiritual path. They need a mundane path of, of solutions and solving things and using archetypes and dream work and on, just on and on about different ways of working with uh, the psychology of the mind that just gives it a lot more, uh, a lot more complications uh, in the, in the uh, conceptual area than they, is really necessary. Even Buddhism is full of concepts going in circles. You've, you've talked to people who have explained to you what Buddhism is, haven't you? Yeah. Those guys. Question from Navid in Iran. Navid in Iran. 
How can we not cling to what comes by not ignoring it or rejecting it? In other words, how can we be with what comes and not get carried away by it? Get carried away. If you get getting just meet it where it's at, and if when you if you feel like if you feel like you are meeting it where it's at, and you get carried away, then you need to get carried away. But if you feel like you are meeting it where it's at, and you don't get carried away, then maybe you're meeting it where it's at. But the important thing is intention. Don't look for results. Like I keep meeting this where it's at, but I get carried away with it. So something's fishy there. Look closely. Sit a lot. Sit down and, and sharpen the blade of prajna. Sharp, sharpen the blade of awareness so that when you go to use that blade on, on whatever concepts or feelings or emotions, that it, it, it helps you see clearly what that is rather than promotes further thinking and discursiveness about it. She showed. Did you have a question for me? Why not? <laughs> I like I like uh, questions from former chemical engineers. If, if you're not going to help me here, I'm going to have to go to Augie, who's right in the center of the screen. Augie, what do you got? No, I got nothing. Uh-oh. <laughs> Two chemical engineers with no formulas. <laughs> so I'm just teasing you. That's fine. You're good. So any further questions? You have them. Especially about this idea of blaming. Uh, whatever direction that may go, it's a, it's a really good area to look into, not only socially and in our society and our culture and so on, but just in our, in our, in ourselves. This is where you're going to see it. Not so much out there doing anything. Not that you shouldn't. Not that we over here shouldn't uh, start up uh, with Karma House, start a place that works with people's fundamental sanity. Meet people, not, not teach anybody Buddhism. They don't even have to know we're Buddhist, particularly. But meet people in this society, in this, in this uh, uh, culture that we're in, this crazy little town of 40, 50,000 people. Meet people where they're at. It's difficult to do that. But if you haven't met yourself where you're at, you're going to have a lot of difficulty meeting others. Not all of them, but others. some other people will have trigger unknown un, uh, aspects of your own mind stream. It seems easy to see like really overt blame, like when I'm actually literally pointing at someone saying you caused this. Are there ways that blame show up and that are more subtle that we might not recognize? Going. What do you think? It's coming out of sometimes you recently you said how this isn't far from an AK forty seven. It's kind of like that same basic mm -hmm. gesture, and I'm wondering if if there's like a basic gesture of blame that's um, like the finger pointing. Going. Finger pointing is a good one. What is it you want to know? Sure, about I think earlier you said judgment, having judgments as a kind of blame, and I was wondering. Um, about that area so it's uh, it gets very subtle there as uh, as you progress in mind training uh, you you can actually notice uh, the, the judgment come up but you don't you don't judge the judgment so there's a there's a trunk repetition to talk about double negativity the first negativity that arises probably has a has a right to be there just because of dependent origination but the second one the next one that comes on that tries to stop that one i shouldn't be that way is a uh, it just causes more circularity. This is why it's so important to do it with awareness rather than with thoughts or analysis, even though thoughts and analysis and judgment analyses and judgments are relatively very accurate. This is why we have psychologists, this is why we have attorneys, that's why we have everyone operating out of the, the relative paradigm of right and wrong, up and down, the whole cause and effect situation. The, what is missed there is uh, an even big picture creates another uh, wall of the mind called a picture frame. So, but the big, a big view, a wide view, Mahavipassana, great panoramic awareness. That, that doesn't see any objects. Unless an object shows up and it 
sees it immediately. But it's very situational. More. When you're bowing, the seventh prohibitive precept starts out, uh, it's on uh, no praise, no blame. And it starts out as only Buddha action exists. So in the situations, the horrendous situations that arise, such as in Texas, Buffalo, etc., how can we how can we keep that in the forefront in at times of such distress? So it's not something that we can say in such a way that we can somehow use some kind of proof that only Buddha action exists. And so even though there's this terrible crime, only Buddha action exists. It's not saying that that is Buddha action, but it's fundamentally not separate from it. Nothing is separate from anything else. It's just intense confusion. That's why we have a path. The confusion is intense, even though people right here, everyone here has a practice, more than likely, of mind training, which you may have been doing for maybe many, many years, and you still notice that you get taken by emotions, drug this way and that way. Very difficult to see this. The ultimate seeing of it doesn't happen very often, but it, it's possible. And uh, it's impossible if you don't start. So it's, it's impossible to do this unless you start. I'm not saying that someone couldn't have, there have been spontaneous realizers who just, there's a few that have written books but just come out of nowhere. All of a sudden they realize that they're nobody in particular and they're everybody in general. And they can't, and they get lost because there's some, still some pieces of self-centeredness that are still worried. And there's not been a thoroughgoing path. It's just the causes and conditions with that person, their karma or whatever, have caused them to lose their hold on relative reality. And what's left? Ultimate reality. And what does that look like to an ego? Terrifying. And this can even happen to someone on the spiritual path. You may get flashes of, of emptiness that are difficult because they're, they're scary because they're, we're still protecting an imaginary self that is unreal. So it is necessary to see that if you see this as unreal, if you see that your ego is just unreal, it's not real, it's there and you, and you talk and you, you, you know, walk down the hallway, interact with other people. So there's a relative thing that's happening all the time with your human form, but who you are fundamentally is, is not even present. It's not even absent. It, it doesn't have any positionality. There's no locality. Time and space has no longer been, uh, uh, the actuality is never, no longer ignored, because if it's ignored, then it does what creates time and space. The very nature of relative truth is to ignore ultimate reality. And if you are a human being, and there's consciousness happening here, the consciousness that is grasping, rejecting, shutting down, thinking, judging, evaluating, operating out of hope and fear, it might be a very low level of that, some really high level, we cut, people become terribly, uh, terrible nuisances to themselves and to society. But someone at, with a low level can seem quite peaceful, uh, just that there's still work to be done. We still have to face the, the, big, uh, the big mystery, which is death. Death comes up. And something we know, there's something that sometimes we think about it, and we think we can't come to an end. Who I am, who I am can't come to an end. There's some truth in that. Also some lies in it. So Buddha nature, so everything is uh, Buddha, what you're asking about. But, so that has to be realized. And if, one of the reasons it holds us back from that is we're still thinking of Buddha nature or everything is Buddha. How does that go? Is it everything is? Only Buddha action exists. Only Buddha action, only awakened action exists. So, because we continue to understand that in a relative sense, um, we can't see the, the ultimate statement that has just been made there in that uh, in that uh, um, precept, because we're still looking at it from a relative situation. So that's why it's there. That's why it says uh, there's no killing life, but every, everything is uh, uh, it's unkillable because. Um, there isn't any separate thing anywhere. You can't really kill anything. It's just a paradox.
to start with would be the way of describing it. But what you see is uh, unkillable. And what you see is also good action, always. Augie bowing. Augie. I had a question. Uh, can the teaching that life is suffering help us work in some way more skillfully with these situations we've been talking about around the world, bowing? I think I think it can. It's a very good question. And the Buddha, I'll go back to that because I sometimes emphasize this, the Buddha, his first teaching, the very first thing he said was, life is suffering. And he didn't say part-time. And he even broke it down into the three types of the pain of pain, which we all know about, sore arm, uh, heart attack, all the things that can happen in that area, uh, not to mention just heartbreak, pain of pain. And then there's a the pain of alternation, that things are not bad right now, but we're in, we're suffering because we know it's going to change. We know that the good thing we have right now is leaving and the next thing is happening and it's not going to be good. So that's the, that's having pain when, when you're in the middle of pleasure, you're starting to have pain already because you know it's going to go away. The pleasure is. And then the pain of the composite is the one that uh, traditionally has been said that only, uh, first boomy bodhisattvas and other people, in other words, people who have seen through their, through, seen through the, self uh, of themselves, uh, one and a half fold egolessness. They've seen through this ego, but they're still fixated on other. So those, uh, those people can see that the entire um, uh, display, the, the entire uh, display of everyone and everything is suffering just because to be uh, dependently risen and to, be, um, to not be separate from that composite means that the pain that is happening everywhere is, a, is, is impinging on you. You're no longer separating yourself, separating yourself out. So every when you see, you can see their pain, sometimes more intensely than you see your own pain. So pain of the composite. This uh, example for that is uh, the Bodhisattva Avalokiteshvara, uh, or Chenrezig is a Tibetan word, uh, looked down and, uh, and saw or heard, actually heard the suffering of the world. And out of his uh, or her uh, tear ducts came uh, a white Tara and green Tara. So this is just ways of talking about in ancient times. How can we discuss this? How can we talk? How can we teach? How can we pre present this to uh, basically illiterate people so that they can have a, some way of working with their mind in terms of compassion, in terms of helping others, in terms of turning away from the self-centeredness that seems to turn everything into, into war? So further, Augie? Augie bowing, yeah. I still, I mean, it seems like the teaching has the potential to put life in perspective. And like you say, with the Peloponnesian Wars on, uh, and those of us who've been around 60, 70 years have seen these cycles again and again mm -hmm. and have gained, I think, some perspective on it. But is it cold-hearted then to say, oh, I mean, this is just reality. This is dependent origination. This is suffering. Uh, we, yeah. need to, we need to get back on our cushions. No, I wouldn't even go that far. I would just get on the cushion. It's good enough. Make no comment. Don't be a journalist. Make no comment. Meet everybody where they're at. If you're, uh, if you're, whatever your business is or whatever your activity is, just meet your neighbor where they're at. If you're, uh, if you're a counselor, meet that person where they're at. Just something you do all the time. Uh, Senchu does, Kelly does this, uh, and other people who might be doing that kind of work. Um, just meet people where they're at and just receive. It's good to do that. Good to receive from everybody. People want, need somebody to talk to. That, that uh, person in Texas who was so suffering so much, he had to go and murder young children. There's a lot of suffering behind that. And there's nobody to talk to, uh, apparently. Um, who knows? We don't really know what happened. We just know that he had to shoot his mother, grandmother first. So then he was really was an evil person. He wasn't just playing evil or threatening to be evil. Now he could actually, because he couldn't go backwards. So now he had to march right out there and start murdering people. Not so good. And he was very, uh, any of you who have checked into it, he was kind of very cavalier. It was, he was so covered up by his own uh, ignorance that he even was uh, flippant, you know, like uh, time to time to say goodbye, bang, 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 time to say goodnight, that kind of idiocy happening.
Just one more thing about that. Are you saying that he viewed himself as evil as opposed to a powerful evil? We have several other examples about of a, in society that aren't quite so obvious, but they're murdering people. I'm sure you might know who they are. They're just not doing it. He's doing it in an obvious way because he's suffering so bad. They're suffering too, but they're doing it through strategy. They don't know they're suffering. Why? Because it's covered up with their aggression. Someone who knows they're suffering is probably not going to hurt anyone. But someone who's covering up their uh, trying to cover up their su suffering or has succeeded in covering it up gets to blame everybody for how they feel. They might not do it literally, but that's where all this is coming from. No, there's no, no one's draining their mind. Very few people are sitting down and actually with the intention of seeing what the mind, what their mind is and what it's producing and how it works, regardless of Buddhism. I mean, you might need some kind of a teaching to do this, but you could also just sit down and Watch your own craziness and don't stop it. Aggression. Don't explain it. Passion. And don't ignore it. Ignorance. And realize your true nature. You may need help. You may not. I certainly needed a lot of help. And I got it. Because I asked for it. If you like these talks, <laughs> go to the donate page. And... We'll try to find out how to keep bats from coming in here. <laughs> so thank you so much for your for attending and for your questions. I appreciate it.